welcome back to Daydream Believers. I'm Elle. And I'm Elle. We're a podcast that discusses music, mindset, and mental health. I'm a life coach that loves to listen to music made prior to the 2010s. And I'm a stay-at-home mom who will listen to any rock song, really. Yep. Elle, how you going? I'm going pretty well, pretty mm-hmm. well. Been loving me some TV lately. I've been unwell this week. How good is TV? Watched, all I've done is like binge watch Wife Swap, which has been great. <laughs> Wife Swap. I know. Wife Swap Australia. I didn't realize they had their own Wife Swap, but if you've got Amazon Prime, give it a watch. It's very... How old is that? Like 2012. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's but like I've been enjoying... Years. Yeah. I've been enjoying it. Trash TV that you sort of really Yeah. Like. I get... Yeah. I'm not huge on watching trash TV. Mm. Says the um, Jersey Shore watcher, but yes. Hey, don't go talk about Jersey Shore. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know what happened there with Jersey Shore. That's very unlike me. I went through a serious like meltdown and I just watched a lot of Jersey Shore. What are you on now? I'm watching The Simpsons when nice. I don't want to commit to anything too crazy. Yep, good idea. My husband, George, and I are watching a show called Severance Ooh. that comes out every Friday on Apple TV. Super duper interesting. Ooh, what's it about? It's basically, I don't know if you'd like it, but I, because it might be a bit scary for you. Mm-hmm. It's not horror, but basically it's this company splits a person's brain in half. And, <laughs> sorry. If everyone saw my <laughs> face, my eyes just like, were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> basically what happens is they want to separate your home life to your work life. So your home life becomes one person. And your work life becomes one person in the same body. So you don't remember what you do at work and you don't remember what you're like at home. So you're basically two different people. So that you're the the most like effective at each position? You'd think so, you'd think so, but uh, some crazy shenanigans happen. Aye. Yeah, kind of creepy, kind of creepy, but super duper interesting. I feel like that would be interesting. Not something I would watch because I have a scaredy catness in me when it comes to TV shows, yeah. but keep me updated. Keep us I will, updated. I will keep you updated. I think there's one or two episodes left of the season, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Sounds great. Yes. Anything else you've been watching? Oh, well, I've been watching what most people would say would be the, some of the best movies of all time. Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. Ah. Excellent, excellent movies. I have watched these movies quite a few times before, and I thought, you know what? I haven't watched them in a good few years. I mean, a good few years. I'm like, I need to re-update my Godfather watchingness. Yeah, I suppose. So I've been watching those. Sounds great. I don't think I've ever properly watched a whole Godfather movie throughout. See, I like find I know that, the typical lines here or there, but that's about it. I find that ridiculous. I've got to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I was younger, I watched Goodfellas mm. a little bit. Oh yeah. I feel like that's in the yeah. same sort of category of movie. Yeah, I mean, like Mob Boss. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. But Godfather is, I mean, Al Pacino is absolutely amazing. There was this one part where in Godfather 2 where he's talking to someone who he thinks was trying to kill him. And he's like, in my house! (laughs) And the way he yells, I'm like, ooh, like I liked it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I. Love Al Pacino. Do you like Al Pacino? I like Al Pacino, yeah. He's awesome. He's a cute man. Yeah, he's so cute, but I love the way he talks now. It's very different from when he was in The Godfather. Now he's like, hoo-ah. <laughs> hoo-ah. Yeah, have you seen Scent of a Woman? Yes, I have. That was such a good that movie. That is a great movie. Such a good movie. Yes, yes. Highly recommend if no one's watched it. Yes. Watch it. It was a really good movie to that watch. That is a fantastic movie. You remember how he always goes, hoo-ah. Yes. Yeah. That's making... See, when you said that, you know what I thought in my head? What? From Diary of a Wimpy Kid, who 
Chi Ma when that gets <laughs> like <laughs> Yes. I have a diary of a wimpy kid always in my head because of the TikTok trend at the moment. There's a TikTok trend? Yeah, where they add the big eyes and they're like, the cheese touch. You know? No. Oh, I'm on a different side of TikTok. To be honest, I haven't actually been scrolling through TikTok lately. I'm pretty proud of myself. That's good. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to keep off the social media. I'm trying to be more present in my everyday life. That is good. I, because I've been unwell this week. The TikTok has been my go-to thing, which yeah. usually I try and refrain from. I like try to set goals for myself, but yeah, it's been nice just like endlessly watching just for the fun of it. Yeah, and I love me some Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So I have not seen those movies. What you're <laughs> freaking out more over me freaking out of you not watching The Godfather? Watch The Godfather first, and then I'll watch Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a great. Oh, all of them are great movies. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Great movies, you really need to watch them. They're hilarious. So, our audience, two movies that you really need to watch, Godfather Part 1 and Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And Scent of a Woman. Is that what you yeah, Oh, yes, Scent of a Woman. And Scent of a Woman. But probably watch Scent of a Woman before you watch anything else. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, then Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> but most people that listen would have watched Diary of a Wimpy Kid because everyone's true. watched it. That's, it's except really, for me, but anyway. It's so they're good movies. I like the Roger Rules yeah. one. I like you know what it reminds me of, but it's not the same thing. No, it's declassified. Oh no, <laughs> School Survival Guide. Holy yes. shit, I haven't watched that in ages. No, it doesn't remind me of that. It reminds me of that book that was like How to Eat Worms. Or oh, that's vaguely to familiar. Eat, to eat worms. Do you remember that? I think I know what you're talking about. Like but... garden worms, and one boy's dead to eat a garden worm. Do you oh. remember that? Vaguely, I think. Eight ways to eat worms or something. I don't remember. I loved worms when oh. I was a kid. Like, when I was in primary school, I used to, like, search through the gutters at, at primary school oh, at lunchtime to find, yes. like, shriveled up worms and, like, take them back to their home. I was, like, Where's a worm lady. Though? Like, the soil. Yeah. Like, I'd put them back into soil instead of drying up on the gutter. Oh, yeah. So, on nice cement burning. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice of you. No, I love me some worms. I really like. Really I, know, I don't know why. <laughs> it, when I was a kid, they were like my go-to like obsession was worms. That's interesting. You can kind of understand what kind of kid I was now, but yes. I, I promised you what you're imagining is not what I was. <laughs> like, but then I'm thinking back. I like always used to do those. Why are we talking about primary school again? Let's just leave it. Oh yeah. yes, Elle and I have discovered after a, this is like our seventeenth episode that we're recording now. Yeah, we've discovered that we bring up primary school in every single episode. Yep. Not sure why. <laughs> I think we have some. Issues. Deep <laughs> issues. Yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah. that we can figure out in a future episode. But for now, Elle, shall we get into the formalities? Yes, we shall. So what we like to do on the podcast is talk about what was number one in music history this week. Now, Elle, mm-hmm. I've got some doozies for you. Yeah. Doozies. 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 Now, in 1974, Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Suede was number one. Oh. That is a top song. Hooked on a feeling. Such a jam. Such a jam. And I'm really glad that Guardians of the Galaxy made that song more popular again. Oh, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy did that for a lot of songs that I already listened to. And I remember a few years ago people being like, that song, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'd be like, it's just a song. It was my song already. It was was a song before Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But... That's one thing I've loved about those movies because Guardians is one of my top 
yeah. MCU movies. I love that they've brought a lot of old music Agreed. back into the light, you know? Yeah. It's nice, like, having other people know what song I'm talking about sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Like, even when you talk about Cat Stevens, no one knew about Cat Stevens <gasps> before Guardians Volume 2. Oh, Gata. That's what I call him. Gata. <laughs> In 1987, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship was number one. Hey everyone, what is holding you back from achieving your fitness and nutrition goals? Is it time, stress, confidence, lack of motivation, or maybe you're just sick of dieting? Do you feel defeated and discouraged because you're not where you want to be with your nutrition and fitness? If you're done being frustrated and discouraged with your lack of success, check out the Power of Progress podcast, where we talk about how to change your fitness and nutrition using the principles of mindset, motion, and momentum. We take a deep dive into what makes you tick and how to overcome all of your obstacles, physical and mental. Our goal is to change your health from a chore to a lifestyle. We can build this thing together, stay this forever, nothing's gonna stop us now. It's a nice song. Very like Sing Star-ish. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was on Sing Star. Was it on Sing Star? I, yeah. I never owned it. Uh, yeah. I only played it at your house. Literally. I love the Sing Star. I own yes. all the things. I'm pretty sure it's on one of the the discs. Oh. So, yeah. But loved loved the song. It's a good song. If, a nice duet. Very nice, very nice. It was actually my brother's wedding song. Mm-hmm. They danced to it at their wedding. So sweet. So beautiful. Yes. United front because it's like together. Yes, 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 yes. That's right, that's right. In 2006, Temperature by Sean Paul was number oh, one. Oh, I yes. love his voice. Yeah, me too. It's just so addictive to listen to. Yes, yes. I, I agree with you. I actually have a funny story about Sean Paul. Ah, yes. Just very quickly. Back in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yes. Back in primary school, I made a fool of myself because of Sean Paul, and I blame him forever. Mm-hmm. Basically, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I was not very good at making friends. So I was trying to be friendly with these people, and they were trying to think of Sean Paul's name, and they couldn't think of it. And I remembered, I was like, oh, scene Paul? Because <laughs> I was back when I thought Sean was S-H-A-U-N. Yeah. Not S-E-A-N. Yeah. And I don't know, no kid was spelled like S-E-A-N until I was in yeah. high school, I swear. And may I remind you, my little brother's name is Dean, which yeah. is D-E-A-N. So I assumed S-E-A-N, scene. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And they're like, Sean Paul? And I'm like, oh, I just melted. <laughs> so that's my short story. I loved it. I loved it. You loved it. I loved it. Thanks, yeah. yeah, Sean Paul, Sean Paul. I feel like a lot of people would have got that mixed up. Yeah, like in Will and Grace, Jack. I also have seen Hayes. Oh my god, Elle! <laughs> it's okay with Sean Paul, but it's not okay with Sean Hayes. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, it's okay with both. It just surprised me. I wasn't expecting Will and Grace. What a show! I oh, love. That's it. such a show. That's such a show. All right. So, what we also like to do in this podcast is talk about who you share a birthday with. Now, we have chosen the twentieth of June. So, if you are born on the twentieth of June, you share a birthday with Lionel Richie. Ah. Oh. He Hello. Hello. Oh, what a feeling. Because we're dancing on the ceiling. He's he has so sweet. hit after hit as well. Hit I love after him. hit. Love him. 
he reminds me of my mum and dad. Like, they used to always play Lionel Richie at home. Yeah. And every time I hear a Lionel Richie song, I remember the most recent time I was filling up petrol and at the BP they were playing Lionel Richie. And yeah. I was like, oh, I could sit in this BP all day and just listen yes. to this. So you would say it's very nostalgic for you. Yeah, it is quite nostalgic hmm. for me. Um, that Hello film clip, though, scares mm. me a little bit. Does it? I don't remember it. It's when he's a teacher. It looks like he's a teacher at a school. Yeah. The girl who he's singing to is a blind student. Right. And so it kind of is, it gives off stalkerish vibes. Like he's the stalker? Yeah, he's like singing to her. She's a student. She can't see him. And then it it seems like a love situation, but it also seems very like not appropriate it's very it's an interesting oh, film clip. i'm gonna have to watch that yeah very interesting i'd be interested to know what the actual meaning of that song is yeah mm. yeah interesting all right we're gonna take a quick break but before we do we're going to ask that you please follow us on whatever platform you are using especially if you're new here hello welcome we also like to bring up something called buy me a coffee now what that is it is a website that you can clip on that i'll leave in the description down below but you can click on that website and you can donate what it costs up to a cup of coffee. And that will go to us for the podcast to help bring you guys better quality episodes. Yes. That is not a request. It's only if you want to. We're going to take that break now and we're going to be right back to talk about fear of conflict. Yes, we shall. We are back and we are continuing our fears series Last time we spoke about the fear of rejection, and that was a good episode. I really liked it, yeah. If you haven't given it a listen, please do. Yes, please do. But this time we are talking about the fear of conflict. The reason we thought this would be an important topic to discuss is because conflict shows up for us in many areas of life, whether it be work, friendships, relationships, family. Um, And it's something as a coach I see the fear of conflict can really get in the way of us expressing our emotions and And leading to those kind of people-pleasing habits. So I thought it'd be important to discuss, um, because it shows up in all of our lives, whether we are someone that is comfortable with conflict or someone that completely avoids it at all costs. Yep. Yep. Uh, So Elle, how does it show up in your life? It's shown up quite a bit, Elle, to be honest. It's shown up quite a bit, which is unfortunate. But luckily for me, it's worked out because I've learned how to deal with conflict really well. And I think I've learned how to respond to it quite well. Beautiful. We have spoken about in previous episodes, how my parents did go through a divorce and their marriage wasn't necessarily the easiest Yeah, coming from their child's point of view. They did split up quite a few times growing up. And then the one that was very effective happened when I was 19. Yeah. With that comes a lot of family drama. Mm -hmm. In that aspect, I've dealt with a lot, and I mean a lot of conflict, coming from people that you really love, which is painful. It had an interesting effect on me. It has had an effect in a sense that I would like to avoid conflict at all costs. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what a lot of people end up doing. It's all based on like, even though it was at 19 that that divorce finally settled. Yeah. It's still the lead up to that. If you're around conflicts, usually you can go one of two ways. You can end up wanting to avoid conflict because you know what it can get to. Or you just completely get amongst the conflict as well. Yeah. It's all based on our upbringing as well. It's interesting to see that it's had that effect on you Mm. to just completely avoid conflict. Because for me, I found that going through my parents' divorce, it actually brought out more me being able to embrace conflict a bit more and not see it as a negative thing at all costs. Yeah. I think it's actually allowed me to look at it from a perspective of 
okay, this is someone trying to get their point across. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely different ways that conflict can be expressed and there's obviously an unresourceful way to express yourself and it can feel like fight rather than a discussion. Yes. For people that generally struggle to be around conflict, Mm -hmm. they will likely see something as a fight rather than a discussion. And for people that don't struggle with being in conflicting conversations, we'll see that as a discussion rather than a fight. And that's yes. where you get issues with in regards to communication within yep. with family members, friendships, partners, etc. Yeah. I have become someone that now is not afraid of conflict. I'm definitely not afraid of it. I feel yeah. like wanting to avoid it and being afraid of it is two different things. Yeah, I think it. If someone comes to me with an argument, I'm not going to back down and... Yeah let them walk all over me, for instance, yeah. because I want to avoid the conflict. I can't stand up You've for myself. You've got the boundaries in place now, yeah. Yes. But it took me a long time to learn that. It took yeah. me years of therapy. Yeah. Years of therapy. I've been seeing a therapist since I was 19, Yeah, since my parents divorced. And it's taken me a long time to learn that. So I encourage everyone out there to see a therapist or a life coach because they can help you give you the tools yeah. to be able to actually stand up for yourself. But back then, Elle, I was such a people pleaser. Mm. Such a people pleaser. I'm going to say about a good seven years ago, I was someone that would do whatever you wanted because I just didn't want to fight. I had too much fighting going on in my life. Yeah. Too much fighting that I did what I can to avoid it. And, And if that meant putting my needs behind, if it meant crying when no one was around, I did it. Yeah. And it caused a lot of burnout, a lot of future arguments as well so for me trying to avoid conflict so much i ended up causing more yeah further down the line because yeah. the resentment and the like there's so much that's held inside yeah exactly so it just didn't bloody work out well but i'm glad that i have it's taken a lot of years of learning a lot of years of talking with a therapist but i have finally learned to put up my own boundaries stick up for myself and to walk away from people that bring me more conflict than anything else yeah you know no, that makes a complete sense. And it's yeah. so great that you've gotten to that point in your life where you can say, like, I'm not afraid of it anymore. I just yeah. know how to handle it. And yeah. though it's not something I feel 100% comfortable with all the time, no, I mean, I'm like, not going to let it would, change you know? who I am or my opinions. Yeah. yeah. Elle, what about you? Well, for me, I feel like conflict's an interesting topic for me because I grew up in a household as well. My parents got divorced when mm-hmm. I was about just before my 16th birthday it wasn't conflict wasn't a super hidden thing in our family it was very yeah. normal to ha- to be louder it was very normal to communicate in a style where like swearing was comfortable in our house mm. yelling was comfortable in our house not in, a, in an aggressive way mm. but it was just not something that we were hidden from as children yeah so growing up i always felt like i could speak my mind I always felt like i could have my voice my opinion mm. which i found to be a good thing however i did notice that my mum is quite a people pleaser. Yeah. And I think I did uh, in early childhood sort of develop those same tendencies. Mm-hmm. I used to just believe that my opinion was not valid. And right. if I kept my opinion small, then I would avoid people thinking anything of me. I would avoid mm. like any conflicting conversation mm. or people yelling at me, especially with adult figures. Yeah. I definitely noticed that growing up up until that divorce I definitely lived in a people pleasing kind of state Mm -hmm. I definitely followed that path of just keeping my opinion small making sure that if I knew it was going to cause a reaction out of someone I just wouldn't say it yeah similar to what you said like you have so much going on in your personal life yeah that you sort of get to a stage where even though you said that you went into the opposite direction where you kind of wanted to keep small I kind of went to this 
complete opposite to the other end of that spectrum being like, you know what? I've kept small this whole time and that didn't help me. Yeah. So now let me try and actually voice my opinion. Like I'm at a point where I'm in pain and suffering and I'm trying to deal with this on my Mm. own. My opinion does matter. So I got to a stage where I started speaking up for myself and started to definitely not as much as I would have liked to back then and definitely not in a very resourceful way back then. Mm. I remember going through a phase where I had so much anger within me that I was And it's completely normal to feel anger. We can do another episode on that because I think it's a very important topic. The way I was expressing my anger or the Mm. way I was expressing my opinion for a few years in my late teenage years to early adulthood was just not in a resourceful way. Yeah. And it's taken me a few years now to learn how to have those heated conversations or discussions without overpowering the conversation. Or blowing up. Or blowing up, yeah. Yeah. Because it's similar to what you said, like because I had held so much in for so many years prior to that stage Mm. of my life, that it's like that big explosion kind of happens. As soon as you let go of that, you're like, oh, now I have to go completely run in the opposite direction and try and be, now I'm going to tell my opinion in every single situation and I'm going to stand up for myself in every situation. You've got to find like this happy medium in between. Mm. And that's sort of where I am now, where I'm like, you know what? I pick and choose what I, I, I speak my mind, but I pick and choose how I choose to express that yeah and yeah so conflict for me hasn't been it's not something that I shy away from it's not Mm. something that I feel is negative in any way I don't Mm. look at it as something that should be avoided in Mm. my personal opinion I think it's actually quite healthy in relationships in in conversations but at the same time I think that there is a way to go about it and there's a fine line between when something is aggressive and when it is a constructive conversation. Yes. And I've seen a complete difference in the way I interact with yeah. family, friends, the way I interact in workplaces as well. Mm. It's really, you don't understand the power, understanding your emotions and understanding how to be resourceful with them and, and to communicate them can be until you do the work to work out how amazing it can be to feel yeah, that way. I totally know what you mean. When I started in the workforce myself, so... Mm. I worked in construction. Yeah. In the offices, I wasn't on site. I was a contracts administrator. I found it so hard to stick up for myself in that role. Yeah. I found everyone around me extremely intimidating. And I wasn't able to stick up for myself because I was too scared of what the result would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's made in your head. Like, you're like, okay, well, what happens if they react in this way? What happens if they say this? What happens if I just, like, get yelled at? And you're like, oh... And it's it's unfortunate that it stops so many people for for asking for what they need and deserve in a yeah. work position. It was also scary because my dad got me that job, so yeah. I did everything I can to look good, so that way it would never reflect on anyone else. Yeah, you know. So it was it was a very it was a scary time. I was there for five years, so I ended up getting more comfortable with it. It's interesting to see how much we can grow if you look back. Oh, definitely. Mm. In workplaces, like I used to work quite high up in a business yeah. where I was the one that kind of everyone went to in terms of recruitment, in terms of termination, in terms of HR issues. Yeah. It's crazy when people, you can see the difference in a workplace of people that are okay with conflict and people that are avoidant of conflict. Yeah. And the people that are avoidant of conflict, usually they're the type of people that get scared to even go to the bathroom at work because mm. you think that you're going to have a repercussion from going to the bathroom. Yeah. They get scared of asking for leave they get scared of taking their breaks for the full extended amount of time they get scared of just asking for a pay rise and Mm. then you see other people in a business 
where they'll speak their mind. They'll say, I need a pay rise. I I deserve this amount of time. I'm going to go on my lunch break. I'm going to leave the office to go on my lunch break. When you're like a neutral person in the workplace, you can see the resentment build in the people that are choosing not to ask for what they want. Mm -hmm. And they get that resentment towards the other employee when really it's just, they're not realizing like it's sometimes you have to actually ask for what you want. You have to ask for what you need. And the only reason the other person is getting that result from themselves is because they're just not afraid of the conflicting conversation. They're not worried about what the other person is going to say back to them in that workplace. And I just found that when I was working in those positions, viewing that from an outside perspective was just so interesting to me and it made me realize that like you know what like you need to even if it feels uncomfortable to ask for a pay rise even if it feels uncomfortable to ask for leave because you know you need that time off there's a way to go about it and you can just have a simple conversation with an employer Mm. and if they're a good employer they will give it to you isn't that funny i feel like that also applies to relationships 100 percent, yeah either with a parent or your partner or siblings or anyone. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, I study couples counselling as well. Yeah. And I've worked with a few couples Yeah, at this point in time. And what I notice usually, and even in my own relationships in the past, mm. and I've seen it in my parents' relationship, there's usually one person that has grown up in a household where yelling is completely normal. <laughs> yes. And there's another person that's grown up in a very conservative mm. household where there was no swearing in their household. There was no mm. talking back and forth between adults and children. Yeah. And when two people from those two different households come together, yes, it's fun. It's beautiful for the first few years. And then once you start to get serious, <laughs> you're like, Oh, you communicate completely differently yes, to me. Yes. And it's really hard to resolve an argument or to even get a result sometimes because one person, cons- one person might have good points, but because of the way that they're, bringing them across Mm. the other person is like well you don't need to scream at me when you're telling me those points i'm not going to even listen to what you have to say because you're yelling at me but then the person that's yelling in quotation Mm. marks is just like oh this is just how i talk yes okay why do i feel this so deep oh dude same here (laughs) i am definitely the one that raises the voice yeah you know i'm naturally very loud Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't even think I'm yelling. Yeah, exactly. But That's then I get told, too. why are you yelling? And I'm like, but this is how I talk. This guy. is how I, I speak. Know. Yeah. And for the person that's not into, like, has never been exposed to those kind of conversations before. Yeah that's in their way that's conflict to them and you're like oh but this isn't a conflicting conversation yeah but for them it's like oh well because in their eyes that's not how a relationship is supposed to be because they've seen their parents never argue potentially it's just crazy to think that the way you parent a child and you the way you handle your relationship in front of your child makes a big impact whether that kid knows Mm -hmm. it or not in how they grow up and how they treat their partner yeah it's a scary thing Elle. yeah it's a scary thing that's one thing i try to I've spoken about a lot with my husband that one thing that I want to show my child is to apologize. Mm. I feel like that's one something that I, I when I was young, my parents never apologized to me. Yeah. So it was a lot for me to learn to have to go up to someone if we've had an argument or any sort of conflict to actually say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's one thing that I try to show in front of my son. Even though he's still young, you got to start when they're young. Yeah. you got to be able to say, I'm sorry. Especially imagine going through a divorce like you did. Yeah. And a child is just as part of that divorce as any other person is yes, as well. And sometimes, course. unfortunately, that child's needs and emotional needs are not met sometimes because yeah. the parent is going through their own emotional yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. And to not have someone be there for you emotionally and to say like, hey, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. Or even if it's not to do with a divorce, even if it's just like a casual conversation you're having with an adult. Yeah. For them not to apologize, when you're a kid, that's a big deal. Yeah. 
and even as an adult now like sometimes you just need to look back at situations and and even just forgive yourself just because or say sorry to yourself just because Mm. you shouldn't have had to go through that yeah um and it could have been so much simpler if that adult just just did that for you but yeah i know uh, it's just an important thing, and it's. Good. I'm glad that you're instilling that value yeah. to your child. Well, that's that's what each generation goes through, right? We try to break old habits, yeah, and that's definitely something that I'm trying to teach my child and possibly future children. And one day he will teach his children if he wants to have children old habits that I accidentally did that I didn't realize I was doing. It's just how each generation works. Exactly. What I love about today's generation, I don't know if we're actually going off topic right now. Go for it. What I love about today's generation when it comes to parenting and relationships with kids is that we are so aware of problematic parenting habits of some form of trauma it doesn't have to be extreme forms of trauma but yes whether it's small or large we are so aware of our traumas growing up that we are trying to do better with our kids now and i feel like that's really important yeah when it comes to a conflict point of view let's teach our kids to be respectful and to try say things in a more resourceful way and not yeah it's also about teaching your children from like or even reteaching ourselves as well as our children in the future if we choose to have children, how to understand and and be resourceful with your emotions. That's like the biggest thing I work with people on Mm. in coaching is learning how to understand and take ownership of your emotions and not fucking guilt yourself for feeling any type of emotion. So for me, like I was a very angry kid at one point, like I was going through a lot emotionally, anxiety, mental health wise. I couldn't even control what I was feeling on a day-to-day basis because my head was so overwhelmed Mm. to the point where I came across as angry all the time. Mm. The importance of understanding your emotions and understanding how to really like get out of your head, get into your body, but also how to communicate what you're feeling mm. in a resourceful way. The amount of people I speak to, and they're like, yep, I have my emotions under wrap. And then we're in a conversation. I'm like, okay, so what? But you don't actually allow yourself to express anger. You don't actually yeah. allow yourself to to feel shame and guilt without shaming and guilting yourself. Yes, yes, You yes, know what yes. I mean? And it's you shouldn't have to shame yourself over feeling a certain way, feeling frustrated, feeling angry, feeling mm. resentful. Because you can't just feel the happy emotions all the time. We have to no, feel the sad emotions that, too. that is not life. Yeah. You have to think of it in a way that those times where you're down make the moments that you're up seem so much brighter. Exactly. You can't just go through life being all hunky-dory. Exactly. It's not life. And for me, when I was in that really aggressive state of mind and people just kept telling me, you're aggressive, you're like angry, you're the problem essentially. Mm-hmm. So I started to believe like I'm the problem. I need to like me feeling angry is not normal. Mm. But feeling anger is completely normal. It doesn't mean I had to shut out all the anger I was feeling or shut myself and make myself small. It meant that I'm allowed to feel angry. I just have Mm. to try and express it in more resourceful ways Mm. for me and for the people around me. Elle, what are some tips to be able to help us not be either so afraid of conflict or to maybe there's, there's that side of it and there's also the side of trying not to go straight for it as well uh so a tip i would share is basically to just be honest with yourself and with others so a lot of the time when we're avoiding conflict mm-hmm. it also means we're not being completely upfront with our partners our family members our workplaces we're not telling them actually what we're feeling yeah and to a level that's being dishonest with we can't expect them to read our mind you know yeah. what i mean so be honest with them let them know how you actually are feeling yeah if there's something you're holding back from mentioning because you are afraid of that conflicting conversation mention it Mm. and yes it could lead even in a relationship it's scary because it could lead into 
a breakup. It could lead into you losing your job. It could lead into you not speaking to your family member for a little while. Ultimately, like you mentioned before, the more that you hold it in, yeah. That it's just prolonging that conversation because yeah. you need that conversation. If it's something that's important to you, you need that conversation to happen. Mm. And the longer you prolong it, it's going to eventually come up and it's probably going to come up in a very explosive way yeah. rather than using your words now and actually expressing it in the time that it needs to be expressed. Yeah. Uh, another tip I would give is to obviously to be honest with yourself, have that deeper connection with yourself and tell yourself it is completely okay for me to feel this way. Yeah. Any feeling that you are feeling, it is completely healthy and 100% normal for you to feel that. Mm. Whether it be anger, whether it be joy, whether it be sadness, being scared, anything like that, don't shame yourself over it. Mm. And to feel like it is okay for you to engage in that conversation. You're not going to look like a crazy person if you have a conversation about what you feel. Yes, yes, that's Um, exactly right. Yeah. The next thing I would say is to obviously implement some healthy boundaries. If you do not feel like going into something, if you feel like you do not want to engage with something or you feel like in a conversation that is a heated conversation, you're not getting the respect you deserve back in that conversation, it is okay to say no and walk away. 100 percent it is if you're on the phone or anything like that you could easily say you know what i'm not ready for this conversation right now i am gonna hang up let's talk later when we've both thought about it both have calmed down yeah 100 percent. if it does get to that level it can always be a simple no to stop yeah yeah it is definitely okay to stop the argument that you're in if you are not comfortable with it in that very moment. 100%. And especially like what I was saying before, when it comes to people pleasing, because you'll Mm. find that a lot of people that avoid conflict will also people please. Building boundaries is the best thing you can do if you are a people pleaser. Yeah. Learning how to make choices for yourself and to actually implement them and to feel okay with someone not feel okay with letting someone else down. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would say is to, I know I said when you feel uncomfortable to say no, obviously, and that's in those conversations, but you have to actually get comfortable with being uncomfortable as well. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable to the first time you try and ask for a pay rise at work, it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to be scared. So take it, understand that it's a normal feeling and a normal response Mm. to feel scared and still go into that workplace or relationship or that conversation and just trust that you are going to be okay. That, which is my next thing. It's just... Feel the uncomfortability and trust that you know you'll be okay at the end of it anyway. Yeah. You have the ability to say no when it gets to a point where you don't feel completely comfortable mid the conversation. Yep. But know that that uncomfortable feeling, that feeling of you feeling scared before you're about to enter a conflicting conversation, that is normal and that it is okay to take that next step and to have that conversation because, you know what, that could be a life-changing conversation for you, even if it's something tiny. Yeah, And me and Elle were talking about this earlier. Like it could be as small as when you're getting your nails done and the lady says, I don't, she asks you if they look good and you know that you want her to file one of those nails a little bit more. Yeah. But But instead of saying anything, you're just like, yep, it's lovely. And in your head, you're like, oh, I hate them. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. I have been there. I reckon in my very early, late teens, early twenties, that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, uh... Uh, okay yep and then i'd walk out and i'd hate it yeah and you're stuck with it for another three weeks exactly that was so me and though it's a small example it's still a very like even in these small things like if you're Mm. trying to build up to the confidence level of being able to have conflicting conversations with your partner or with the workplace etc start with those small things start with those small conversations because ultimately it's still a conflicting situation you're in that moment afraid of what that lady is going to say back to you or what she's going to smart remarks she's going to make or what face or what if she rolls her eyes yes and that's still in your eyes a conflicting situation so it's still practicing it 
I love that. Oh, I love that. I love what you've just said. Start small. Yeah. You, you don't have, have to. to go head in strong. Yeah. You can start yeah. in small situations like when you get your nails done or when you're getting a haircut. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, know? you don't want her to shave number one. You want her to shave number two. You, you be specific with yeah. that. Be specific with that. And if someone says anything back, hold that boundary in place and understand that it is okay. Like you're going, if you are someone that does not usually implement boundaries, if you're someone that usually will avoid conflict, the second you actually write, the second you do it for yourself, the second you actually speak up for yourself, you will feel so empowered. Yeah. You'll feel like a million dollars. Yeah. You'll be actually be able to say, you know what, I can ask for what I want. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you might feel some guilt and shame because the brain is natural to be like, oh, I've never done this before. What happens if this person thought of this of me? That is normal. Yeah. Understand, feel that feeling however long it needs to be felt for, but tell yourself like, this is normal. Elle told me that I was going to feel this guilt anyway. Yes. But I feel great as well at the fact that I just said what I needed to say. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're happy with the results you actually got. Yeah, exactly. It's a good feeling. But yeah, definitely start small because the second you go zoom into the big stuff, that's when it can... Emotion can get, yeah, it can get overwhelming and it can be that explosive moment. So start small, practice. If you need to speak to a life coach, I'm here. There's plenty of life coaches out there as well that can help you around building boundaries, leaving those people pleasing habits and feeling Mm -hmm. comfortable with your emotions and how to handle them. It's something I specialize in specifically. I love speaking to people about emotional intimacy, but that's all I had to say about conflict today. Elle, you can tell you're a life coach. I, I don't know. Uh-uh. Uh, you can really tell you say some great things. And each time we talk a fear series or anything involving something like this, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, it's everything you say. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like we could have talked about this for ages today, but oh, yeah. we'll keep it small and short for you guys. And we can always talk about this topic again later on. If you guys had Most any definitely. specific questions, if you had a scenario you would like us to answer as well, yes. send us, let me know, message us on Instagram or Send us an email. Yes, everything, all our socials and our email will be in the description of this episode or any episode. So feel free to check that out and email us just like Elle said. Yeah. And I know how hard it is like when you're trying to implement a boundary to try find the words to express it properly. Like if you need just help working out how to say something to someone, just message me. Uh, Elle is the person to message. I will say that out. Not this Elle, the other Elle. Not me, Elle. both of us it's fine (laughs) honestly you will not go wrong if you ever decide to have Elle as a life coach one day you will not go wrong thank you Elle that's all right Elle all right I feel like that's the end of the episode Elle I think so too wonderful wunderbar thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it if you liked this episode please let us know by emailing us just like how we said before and also just reminding you to follow us on all of our socials Reminding you about buy me a coffee. If that's something that you're interested in, then we, you can click on the link down below. Elle? Uh, also, give us a rating if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, yes. please. Um, or write us a review. We would love to get that feedback from you. It really helps us out. Yes. Um, and, yeah. But if you were interested in working with me on a coaching basis, all my socials and information is linked down below in the description. Yes, and guys, just to remind you, I do also have another podcast. It is about movies. It's called Three Tickets 2. I host it with my husband and my brother because we are movie buffs. Is there any other way to say that? Fanatics. I don't know. Fanatics. I like Cinephiles. I don't know. 
There's a whole bunch of ways you cool. can say it. <laughs> anyway, we love to talk about movies, so please check it out if that's something you're interested in as well. But for now, thank you so much. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye